0: We continue with the message series today as it relates to preparing your future, establishing your vision. Uh, Often uh, in the church here we have uh, numerous uh, testimonies that come to us in our office and we try to validate them and uh, we've had several just of late that God did miraculous things. Every time we gather together God is able to do something miraculous, something phenomenal, I, uh, I want you to know that I don't live for the miraculous. If you understand what I'm saying, it's not like, okay, I'm going to hang my hat because I, I need the miraculous. All I need is Jesus every single day and love him. But you know, uh, because he loves us so much, are requests, and we're going to talk about blind Bartimaeus today uh, and his wonderful miracle. There was a miracle that took place several months ago. Uh, we captured it this past week on video it uh, has to do with the Glotfelte family they'll introduce themselves and then when the video is over we'll just give the Lord a good shout offering and let him know that if it happened to them it can in fact happen to us listen to this testimony we're the Glotfeltis
1: Carla, Randy we've been attending Victory for 27 years Mm -hmm. Um, I've been with the Ranger Ministry there for 15 16 years and Carla has been uh, moving with through girls
2: ministries right
1: uh, we have two kids Chandler and Miranda Chandler's the oldest by two years
2: he if, is into everything yeah. if it's if it's available he wants to know about it do it participate in it he's he just, likes
1: an adventure rich life and he went to Harrison so he's a musician he's a percussionist and that's actually he's going down to uh, FAU to get a degree in uh, commercial music.
3: After the first semester that I was there, I noticed I wasn't quite feeling sick, just feeling a little off, not feeling 100%. Didn't really get any better. Started, you know, kind of got used to it, I guess, after a week or so. Um, from there, started getting a little worse and a little worse. And um, throughout the rest of the semester, I mean, just had it gotten to a point where, I mean, I I had to, I had to drop a class and I failed another because I just wasn't able to ever go to the class. I was you know missing out on events and uh, my friends were' to go to the beach or hang out or do whatever and I wasn't able to go just because I I, mean, I couldn't leave the room. I, most of my classes were only 100 yards away and I wasn't able to get up and go that far. Um, uh, lost you know 25 pounds 30 pounds um, and that's with me you know eating as much as I could and I mean I was going to the gym a couple times a week and you know, I was really trying to trying to stay healthy and it was just getting worse and worse. And I mean, every time I'd see my friends, they'd say, you know, are you all right? You, you know, you look thinner, you look, you know, pale, you look kind of um, just, just not good in general. Um, so that's kind of when I started noticing that I was, uh, something was not right.
2: He went from this, this guy who was just always on the go and doing and, you know, what can we do next to literally every day spent just laying on the couch trying to recover from the horrible night he'd had before. More and the doctor diagnosed him with Crohn's disease, which some people had been throwing around a little bit. I think I was in denial, Um, but everything was there. All the symptoms were there. Within about two and a half months, he'd lost 30 pounds. So he wasn't absorbing his his nutrition. And when you start talking to the doctors, you hear things like, there's no cure. Um, Two thirds of all patients will have at least one surgery in their lifetime. Um, you read things like, with medication, it's possible that this is not a totally debilitating disease. It's kind of this thing that we have as parents, I think, as they're growing up, that we actually have control. And it was the realization for the first time that we really had no control. There was, you know, we could get, we could take them to the doctors. We could get the medication but as far as what that meant long term we had no control over that and i spent way too many hours way too many middle of the nights when you wake up and that's when satan seems to hit you the hardest
3: i mean for me it wasn't really the biggest of all issues until i started realizing how expensive this was going to be because i mean while while yes i do have you know good insurance through my mom through the through the um through the clinic I'm not always going to have that and so I'm going to have to find something that either covers it or I'm going to have to find a way to pay for this medicine that's you know close to two thousand dollars a month and I'd, you know, I have no idea how I'm supposed to do that.
2: The doctor decided he wanted to do another colonoscopy and um, just to kind of see where, how we were progressing with the new medication that he was on. So that colonoscopy took place the beginning of May of this year The test consisted of the the colonoscopy and taking more biopsies of the areas that they had looked at the year before. And when we went in to see Chandler in recovery, the nurse came out and said, you know, the doctor's still in procedure, but he wants you to wait. He wants to come out and speak with you before we discharge Chandler.
1: And I remember just in a whisper, I said, God, we didn't come down here for more bad news. Why does he want to take more biopsies? and he wanted us to wait an extra hour so he could speak to us and that just didn't sit like hey you're getting ready to have some good news right
2: so we waited and eventually he came out and i think the first words out of his mouth were i don't see any evidence of crohn's and i remember and he's looking kind of at racing him racing around
1: the corner and i thought it was a, just an odd picture I hear this doctor's trying to get on his lab coat and look professional, but you could tell he had like an excitement to him. And I don't know how many times he gives good news (laughs) in the course of a day, at least this kind of news. And yeah, he said, you know, there is no evidence of disease. And I thought to myself, you know, God knew that I don't want there to be any sign, any evidence of anything but me there. When I heal him, it's gonna be perfect. There's not going to be scar tissue because somebody else went in there and did something. It's going to be the way I see it. And it's just amazing because, I mean, you can you can doubt it and you can say that maybe it's in remission. Maybe he didn't have it. But we have a notebook full of some of the best that have. Can, I can guarantee you. He had Crohn's disease and he was facing a life of Crohn's disease and now he doesn't.
3: I think both my mom and dad in raising me, the
1: number one thing that they
3: did um, in raising me was was teach me that life's kind of what you make it. Um, So just put 110% into everything that you do, uh, I guess the entirety of my life, um, is just that, you know, do your best and that's all you can do and let God cover everything else.
1: I think God uses every experience to tell His story of love and grace and mercy. And I know that there are people that are holding on for that moment. And I don't know what it looks like for them. I know that he can do it and he will. And he's got a story and all of that to bring people to him. And so, you know, what we can do is just keep walking that
0: journey. Good man. The report was in May, and I can tell you there is no Crohn's disease, period, by the grace of God. Amen. One more time. Thank Him for that. Today the message is to uh, to challenge you, to confront you, to encourage you, and to give you an option, and that is an option to either get closer to God, identify some Challenges in your life that you say, God, with your help, I want to do better. Move the needle in your spirit, man, just a little bit. That means that something has to change. And since God says that he changes not, guess who that change needs to be in? You and me. How many want to get closer to God? Say amen. amen. I want to do better. The message, of course, um, read a statement the other day. It says from an individual and this was their statement. I no longer am hoping for the best in life. I just want to avoid the worst. Now what kind of perception is that? If you're a Christian, is that the kind of perception you want the world to believe? I mean, Jesus in your life, I'm, I no longer am hoping uh, for the best in life. I'm just hoping to avoid the worst. How sad is that to know that through Jesus Christ, that through Jesus Christ we can have a life that's full of accomplishment, but accomplishments that give him honor and glory. Now in Proverbs you read, 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, where there is no focus, I'm just not wishing for the best, just want to avoid the worst. That's not much of a vision, is it? The vision is that Jeremiah we want to believe God. We want to trust God. Gotta, I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. Where the vision, and there is no vision. There is no hope. The people perish. What does that mean? In the Hebrew word, it means people are out of control. It means that people are not guided by a firm, sound resolve. They're not guided by a plan. They're not committed to a spiritual discipline. And the Bible says that when you're not anchored to the true anchor, his name is Jesus. He said everything that comes along is going to destroy your world. Every time you hit a new challenge, it's going to wreck your life. Every time you turn around, you're going to focus more on what's not happening than giving God the glory of what is happening. Every time you turn around, you're going to find yourself in one dilemma after another. And When something good happens, boy, you're going to celebrate it to the hilt, but you're going to know, wow, this won't last. It can't last because all I know is life is just one bucket of lemons after another. I'm not hoping for the best. I'm just hoping to avoid the worst. What have you said that about lately? Is it your business? Is it your personal relationship? Is it your relationship with other people that it's as good as it's ever going to get? Is that your vision? Is that your hope? You mean no improvement? I'm as good as I'm ever going to get. I'm as deep spiritually as I'm ever going to be. Oh, really? Is that right? i got to tell you something. God can allow something to happen in your life that will challenge the very fiber of who you are. I just say, God, if I've got Jesus, that's the best there is. I'm going to love him, serve him, and get closer to him every single day. And our story today, it's a story of a miracle. It's the story of what's called in the Bible, blind Bartimaeus. We know that Jesus is headed, of course, to Jerusalem. He's headed south. Jericho's in the way. They get to Jericho. They find along the road there that there's a group of beggars, a whole band of beggars that they're starving. They're begging for everything that they can get. They need mercy. And here's the text, Luke 18, verse 35, and moving forward. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Wow, it's unbelievable. He hadn't lost hope. He hadn't decided, this is the best it's ever going to be. I'm going to be beside the road. I'm going to be blind the rest of my life. This is it. I'm just hoping to avoid the worst that no disease gets in, in my eyes. Helen Keller was asked by someone one time. She was blind and deaf since birth. And they asked her, isn't it a great tragedy to be blind? And she replied, it's a greater tragedy to have eyes and not see. Well, let's take a ride on that. Knowing what you know about who God is, knowing that he rules the universe, knowing that he holds you in the palm of his hand. Knowing that he has power, you see lightning streak across the sky, that's just a drop in the bucket to his power and what he's able to do. Knowing what you know about the creator of the universe, knowing what you know about sacrifice where the Son of God died for you, knowing what you know with the conviction, power, and presence of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is, is that all you're asking for out of your life? Do you believe that God's given you everything you're ever going to get? Do you believe you're going to reside in the same mess all the time? Be the same person all the time? It's as good as it gets. I say to you that if God is alive and well and we believe that he is, he can anoint you, touch you, minister in and through you, and you can be far greater than you could ever imagine by the grace and the love of God. How do you live out your future? How do you see your life? Your perspective of what you see in your life today will probably be what you see tomorrow unless you say, oh no, there's a better day coming by the grace of God. So how do you manage through that? How do you stand up against a great muscle problem? How do you face off a Goliath? How do you deal with circumstances in your life? As Carla said, we were out of control and I was in denial. Here are several points I think you might be interested in. Believe Jesus can change your situation. Believe he can. I call that the hope step. Everything starts with hope. And if you don't have hope, you have no power to cope. Nothing is going to change. So let's re-identify the Scripture that leads us to that. Luke 18, 35, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. There were other blind guys there by the gate, but there's only one that cried out, Son of David. There were those that said, hey, shush, Don't say a word. Be quiet. You're rude. You're crying out in desperation. You've been blind your whole life. Why are you crying out and stopping him from moving forward? Well, it wasn't one of desperation. It was one of hope. He didn't rise up and become the person they're going to pick on because it was out of desperation. Everybody else. But he said, hey, my chance is now. My opportunity is now. My deliverance is now, my sight is in the person of Jesus Christ, and he's just a few feet away. Can you imagine with me, just take your own imagination, all the things people place their hope in. Place it in money, that can evaporate soon and very soon. Place it in assets, that is tangible assets, house, property, et cetera. Place it in physical health. All that can fall apart. But there is one person you can put your hope in, and my friend, he will never disappoint you. He will be with you until the end and all, always offer you a better tomorrow than you enjoy today. That promise is found in Jesus Christ. You say, I don't believe that. You know why? You don't have a vision. You know what will happen to you if you don't have a vision to believe that? Here's what the Bible said. He said, without a vision you're going to perish. In other words, you will be out of control. You ever notice on the news and say, is everybody out of their mind? You see the things that people do today, Are they? Are, are, is everybody, am I the only one that think that sometime? Of course, present company accepted. I'm unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here it is, 1 Peter 1.19. God paid for you. He paid for you. God paid for you. Turn to your neighbor and say that. God paid for you. Come on. God paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. Because of this, you can trust. Your trust can be in God who raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Now your faith and hope can rest in him alone. Him alone. That's it. Number two, for that to happen and you to get on track and to move forward and believe that God will use you and anoint you, you, you've got to learn to ignore all the negative voices. It's all right if everybody doesn't like you, precious. They don't like you. Some people will come right out and tell you, it's happened to me a lot. I don't like you. I don't like you preaching. I don't like your church. You know what I'm thinking? An unsanctified thought. (laughs) I don't like you either. If I weren't a preacher and have the salvation in my heart, I'd show you how much I don't like you. But you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You understand that. You know, I don't like you, but I found out a long time ago. It's all right for people not to like you. They have differences of opinion. Always tolerate those who disagree with you because they have a perfect right to their ridiculous opinion. They don't have to like you. They don't have to like you. But here's what you need to do. If you let those negative voices influence who you are in Jesus Christ, you're going to be, what is that? A loser. An absolute loser. And I can share with you, you got to learn to ignore the negative voices around you. Most people go through life, Well, whatever it is, it is. Whatever shall be, shall be. They have no focus spiritually, no focus spiritually for their family, no focus spiritually for their business, no focus spiritually for their own personal growth. And it's just negative. They just kind of flow through life. But you know what I believe? I don't believe God desires for us just to flow through life. I don't believe that God desires for us to listen to the negative influences around us. I believe the Bible says that this is the day the Lord has made. I can be joyous and I can be glad and I can have an exciting adventure every single day. I can enjoy because no day in Jesus Christ is the same as the day before. One of the greatest fears that people fall into is the fear of the disapproval of other people. The fear of disapproval. If you fear the disapproval of other people, you'll never, ever have God's positive vision for your life. You'll never have it. Do you know why? Because God, you can't please God and everybody else at the same time. Sooner or later, you're going to have to make up your mind who's the big sheriff in town the one who is the creator the one who is the peacemaker the one who spoke to the storm the one who has a creative ability to heal the Crohn's disease the one that says I died for you I've got you in the palm of my hand sooner or later you're gonna have to say that's the one I trust right there that's the one I'm giving my life for Luke 18 39 when Jesus said come on over here here's what it says those who led the way they rebuked him said be quiet but he just shouted all the more son of David Have mercy on me. You know what they were saying? Bartimaeus, shut your mouth and chill out. You're just a broken beggar and poor. You've been blind your whole life. You you are nothing. You're not an important person. Jesus is a miracle worker. Be quiet. He's not going to pay any attention to you. And there are a lot of people the devil will lie to you and say he doesn't care about your situation. You prayed and prayed. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your family. He, he, he created these circumstances. He, he certainly has moved in that other person's life, but, but he had not done anything for you. And you listen to those lies of the enemy. The worst negative voice of all is the lie of the enemy. He always depresses and discourages you. Why would a young lady drive off into the woods in this county and apparently they f- believe, stated, looks like she may have taken her life? How? 28 years old. Why? 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 How does the enemy have that kind of power to whisper? I'm here to tell you there is a power that's in you by Christ Jesus who can whisper to you and give you the approval. Whose disapproval do you fear most? You see, who is it? Whoever that is, whoever you're afraid of, whoever's approval you keep begging for, whose approval that you listen the most, that's your God. That's your idol. Proverbs 29, 25 says, get this now, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Here's what I learned a long time ago. Don't fall into this trap. We think people care sometimes more than they really do. I've lived long, you know that. Oh, I care, I care, I care. But don't call me in the middle of the night. You know, I really care, man. I'll I give you the shirt off of my back. Hey, man, I need $150. Well, I just, sorry. I learned a you What are you trying to say? I think, I think we have a wonderful society that's broken. Sometimes we think, oh, they really care. I found out a long time ago. Sure, they do. And I found out also people applaud you for a period of time. But when the applause is over... You ain't nobody. So, if you're what I'm saying, if you depend on that, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to get disgruntled. And then people say, everybody knows it. You think they care that much about you? That everybody knows it? 6,000 people in the church know it? I say, your little feeble friends around you may know it. But I promise you, everybody doesn't know because you're not that important. How many understand? Everybody knows it, Pastor. I don't know what I'm going to do. Get a life. Everybody, they don't know it. You know why? Because when they look in the mirror, they see their imperfections. They see their secrets. They see their difficulties that they don't want everybody else to know. Well, let me get to that bottom line as we understand you go through all of that. You see, people today in this culture are self-centered. They really are. You look at it unless you're a follower of Jesus Christ of course. So you understand that. The world you think, you've got many problems but the reality is when the lights go out (coughs) when the lights go out the only one who remains is Jesus. Are you saying nobody cares? I'm saying hey Everybody cares sometimes. But if you expect to lean on everybody else for your sustenance, he's the only one. Amen? He is the only one. Number three, (coughs) you must listen for God's call. How many have had a teenager in the last five to eight years? May I see your hand? You have a teenager? How many remember when they thought they fell in love and they had a cell phone? Anybody out there? Had a cell phone and he called. And when he called. Let me ask you another question. Why do people go in another room when the phone rings and they answer it? You ever figured that out? I've seen people in a hundred degree weather outside pacing. When there's air conditioning inside. I'm thinking, what in the world? What in the world is going on? It's unbelievable. So they pace that way. My point is, my point is this God calls many times every day. Hear his call. What's God said to you late? Nothing. You know why? Here's yard talk. You ain't listening. God calls many times every day. You have to pay attention. You have to learn to say, okay, sometime in my day, because I I know what 12 hours is. 12 hours get up and then you finally crash back in the bed and you look back at that 12 hours of any day last week and said, during that 12 hours I was awake or during that 24 hour period, when did I clock out just to listen to God? How did I, did I hear Him talk? You see here it is, if you're not used to God speaking to you, you won't hear Him. If you don't understand, he can speak to you at any time, at any given moment. Luke 18 49. So Jesus stopped and said and called him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he, Bartimaeus, jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. In the midst of your big problem, God can speak to you. I talked to a physician last week he's an individual that I know he's a surgeon he said I got a case I don't, I don't know how to manage it or what to do with it I haven't got an answer yet I said back pray 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 just pray pray when you listen to God Jesus thou son of David Jesus said in that crowd bring him here sometimes when God speaks we say how about another time I'm busy how many of you would appreciate it if you called your teenager and you said come in here in the kitchen I want to talk to you and they fired back I don't want to do that right now I'll be there after a while If you raise your kid that way, do a better job. Why? People you know, said so they don't listen to the voice of authority, and that's who you are. Other voices of authority they'll pay no attention to either. Lord, have mercy. That's just good preaching. I'll tell you what. Sometime you have to patch yourself You see? If your, your vocation is what God's called you to do, whether you're a plumber, a, like me, a body lifter, like you're a... <laughs> I mean, some people hide it well. <laughs> a mortgage broker, personal business, private enterprise, plumber, welder, you know... That's a calling of God. School teacher, school administrator, that's a calling of God. That's what God has called you to do. And you take and you use that calling for his honor and his glory. Why is that important? Let me encourage you as you fulfill your call. I am called. Say that with me. I am called. Say it more confidently. I am called. If you're called and God has giving you skill sets and talents. There are at least 14 people, according to stats, that want to walk like you walk, who want to decide on the same things that you decide on, who want to emulate you. I mean, pray tell, I like my jeans comfortable. But somebody came out with skinny jeans. <laughs> Nothing wrong, guys. I got my own. Everybody's got to have some. Hello? I like my pants up, but somebody came out with the hip pocket down about here. It's like if you reach for your cell phone you got to go way down here to get it. I'm saying, Lord, put it on up there where it belongs. Somebody said, you're just a traditionalist. Thank God I am. What am I trying to suggest to you? Whatever it is that you do, people emulate. God gave you the privilege, so here's the question here. What are you doing that causes people to follow you toward the cross? What are you doing that encourages people to say, that brother right there, they have their act together? That individual, buddy, I want you to know, if I'm going to live right, I want to live right like they live. That's fulfilling the call of God in your life. Here's Isaiah 30. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your salvation your strength. Here's another. Tell God exactly what you want. How many are good at sharing your opinion? May I see your hand? How many think you know somebody that's good at sharing their opinion? A whole lot more hands there. Mostly women that time. (laughs) Luke 18, 40. When he came near Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Let's get to the bottom line. What do you want me to do for you? And guess what? He was ready. Lord I want to see that's it I don't want to win the, win the lottery my problem my whole life is I haven't been able to see what do you want? I want to see well, what is it you're asking God for? what is it that you've asked him to do? what do you want me to do for you? and that's the word of God to us today God to say, what is it you want me to do for your family? What is it you want me to do for you personally? What do you want me to do for your business? What do you want me to do? Well, God, I've asked and asked and asked and asked, and he never answered. Oh, yeah, he's got an answer, friend. He has an answer. It just may not be right yet, but he's got an answer. Barnabas did not have to think about it. He didn't have to get on his cell phone and say, hey, what is it that I really need? Can you tell me? He said, I want to see I'm blind and I want to see. I want you. What is it for you? I want to be a greater spiritual follower. I want to be a brighter light. I, I want to be an encourager. If, if My friend, if you have discouraging circumstances, become an encourager and it will help you with your own discouragement. Now when Jesus asked, do you think he already knew the answer? I think he did. Jesus is the son of the living God. But when Jesus asks you a question, it's never for his benefit, it's for you. He wants to know what kind of answer you're going to come up with. Are you ready to give the answer if the moment passes? Yes, sir, I want to see. It was his declaration of faith. Now here he is, they already told him to sit down and be quiet. He stands up, he goes to Jesus. A lot of people are leaning in, what do you want me to do? I want to see. Now you had to be a bunch of people there that said, you're a big dummy. You just put yourself on the line you want to see. I wouldn't be so bold. Sometimes God will allow you to go through a dry place, to go through a place where you're out of control, to go through a place where your deal crashed, to go through a place you thought, how did it ever happen to our family? so he can ask you a question that he already knows the answer to but he needs to hear you say what is it that you want? God I want to get closer I want to seek you first I want you to be the judge. I want you to be the Lord. I'm going to preach tonight on the balance between God's love and God's judgment. Romans 8.32, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't God who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? So it's him. It's all about him. Fine, five. You have to re- receive your vision of faith. You receive your vision in faith. Barnabas received it in faith. Sometimes we place our, uh, we place our, have, have you seen the bleach commercial that says it's Clorox, no splash, bleach? If you see me after church, pray tell tell me what that means. No splash, bleach? Who cares? I mean, my Lord, you want to splash a little b- Bleach. If you got new jeans, you want to splash them up a little bit, so you can have that cool look. But no splash bleach. I'm thinking to myself, how does that work? Here's what he said: You have to believe some of the things that we come up in culture. But he said, you receive your sight because your faith has healed you. So I'm not listening to the nay voices. God, I want to receive and I want to exercise my faith. And here's what the enemy do. He will push you against the wall to make you think that God is not able to rescue you. I'd rather sink in Jesus' boat than to make it to the shore in mine. And why do you say that? Because one man I know went into the belly of a whale and came out alive. Hallelujah. But he was in the perfect will of God at that time. He will never let you down. Here's what I found. We place our faith often in a person. It's true, rather than a product. It's in a person. And that's what he did. Jesus, thou son of David, Thou son of David, we place our faith in him. And here it is. I don't have to place my faith in an inanimate object, I don't have to place my faith in some ideology. I can place my faith on the creator of the universe, on the redeemer of my soul, and on the comforter of my spirit. His name is Jesus Christ. My faith is in Jesus. Whatever you decide to do, God, I'm on board. It's your will, not my will be done. I'll be happy with whatever. And that it, that's the way it is. He says in John 1, from the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Romans 4, faith is the key. God's promise is given to us as a free gift. Finally, stick with Jesus on the road He travels. Keep your focus and passion on Him. Luke 18, 43, immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Mark 10 makes it a little more direct. He said he regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. What that means is when he got healed, he wasn't like nine of the ten lepers that ran off. He said, wherever you go, I'm going I'm not going to go back to that place that I've sat beside this road, the same road. I've sat beside this road for years and years and years as a beggar, as blind, as poor and broke. I'm not going back there. I'm going with him. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to talk with him. I'm going to connect with him. He's not going to get away from me. That was Elisha saying to Elijah when Elijah tried to dust Elisha. He said, you can go wherever you want to, but the bottom line is, I'm with you. So listen, some of you that are followers of Jesus, some of you young people, Don't go back to the old places you used to go to before you really became a follower of Jesus. Don't hang out with your friends who believe that you can do whatever you want to whenever you want to and have beliefs that are foreign to the core of the Word of God. Just follow Him. He'll take you places that you've never been before. Here it is, Philippians 3.15. Let's keep focused on that goal those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, may God clear your blurred vision and you will see it. What do you desire for God to do? I want my sight. I want to follow you. I don't want to listen to the negative voices. I want my passion to be greater now than it's ever been by the grace of God. God, that's what I want. And when you do, Other people will see a difference. Some of you have a great, great opportunity seated in your lap right now. And you see it as a giant from the enemy. And God sees it as a privilege for you to overcome. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love Thank you for your anointing. Barnabas was a healed man. Jesus had never walked that road before. He'd heard about him. And when he heard and asked what was going on and they told him, he cried out with a loud voice and they told him to quiet down and he said, oh no, this is my chance right here. My chance is found in that person right there. God, I pray you would touch and heal every family, every business, every mom, every dad, every young person, every teenager. Minister to them. Bring healing. And for those in this room right now that they've lost their passion, their vision, they have no idea what it would be like if you were to withdraw your hand from their lives. They would go to the pit of self-destruction. They'd go to the place that their carnal nature is most comfortable. They'd go to the place that would not even welcome the spirit man of Jesus Christ. They'd get nasty and soiled. Because the Bible says light has nothing to do with darkness. And when light comes, it dispels the darkness. Bitter water and sweet water do not reside together. It's all or nothing. So I pray you would speak to every heart in this room right now. In Jesus' name, just in case. Would you repeat this prayer, everybody, wherever you're at, online and whatever means of communication, just say it. Dear Jesus, forgive me. I have sinned. I have failed. I have missed the mark. I have not been strong. I have allowed pride. I have allowed fear. I have allowed misunderstanding to come into my spirit. But today, I ask for forgiveness. Son of the living God, forgive me. Create in me a pure heart. Let me listen to you. Let me honor you. Let me be available to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand? Here's what we know. God healed. He's healed many. We have other stories that are coming of his miraculous touch. If you're here today and say, I I need a touch from God, I need healing. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I prayed that prayer and God, I'm not ashamed. Let me encourage you. If you prayed that prayer, next water baptism, be sure you're in it. Trust God. Believe God. Whatever you need. Maybe you have a giant of a problem. Why don't you bring that and put it at the altar? Why don't you just put it at the altar? Why don't you quit Googling and doing all your research on that stuff? Yeah, let me just tell you, friend, that, that if, you, if you, you can Google one particular element and you can get a hundred different resources and not all of them will agree until it confuses you, why don't you just decide to bring that stuff and put it on the altar and say, I got one thought. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one that I trust, God. You said if I trust you, you'll give me everything I need. Somebody say amen. It works. So as we sing, whatever your need is, you come right now and I give the benediction in just a moment. Here we go You're wrong, I'm wrong. You're wrong, never Don't miss God speaking to you right now. You're wrong. Be sure you're available. We're going to wait on you. Help us out. just wait a moment because some of you you have that pull and you're trying to resist it you keep doing that you're going to resist one too many times okay it's a sovereign sacred moment the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning he said I'm going deep I'm going deep into the pit where some people are and I'm going to lift them out if you find yourself in a pit that word means something to you and you feel like you're out of your mind and you can't get clarity of thought, God's speaking to you right now. Please leave that pew. Get down here. He will, he will just clear things up for you by the power of Jesus Christ. Let it happen. Just clear it up right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want to wait just a moment. See it one more time, and then I'm going to give the benediction. Would you do that? Waiting on you. Thank you, Jesus. you Jesus I'm waiting on somebody I so desperately just want to do the benediction but I can't I'm gonna ask Christians you pray somebody somebody is fighting such a tough battle right now and it's one that is so critical you have no idea because you're so blind to what God is doing in your life right now I'm gonna wait just a moment just a moment if you haven't come you haven't come, if you haven't come, come now. Come now, please. I don't often do this. Just waiting for just a moment. Christians, pray. Close your eyes. Believe God. Father, in Jesus' name. I rebuke the lie of the enemy. I rebuke the adversary. I rebuke the deceiver. I rebuke the power of darkness. I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray the power of deliverance, the power of anointing in the name of, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, by the authority of your word. God redeem that one who has waffled and walked aside in Jesus name reach down and lift them up by the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus name 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 Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Are we good? Are you good? Are you good? This is a critical, this is a critical moment. It's a critical moment. Are you good? Father, I release to you these people as their pastor as their spiritual shepherd and guide. I've given you my best ability. And I release now. I release your word to them. I release your conviction to us. I, I ask you by your spirit. God be with them. Guide them. Comfort them. But if there are those who have not been obedient. Here's what I'm asking you to do Jesus. According to your divine will. I'm asking you to hammer their heart so that they know they missed an opportunity and do not let them run to where they get peace don't let them run until that anointing God is not with them continually move in their heart and touch them God by your spirit in a loving way let them know they have no place to run except to you in Jesus name bless every family give us a great afternoon and bring us back tonight and we'll give you praise and honor and everybody said amen I love you everybody God bless you